this is Ahmed Sharif and welcome to another episode of Read of the Week. Joining me today is my colleague El Subraman. Hi sir and welcome to the show. Hi Ahmed, as always it's uh, a pleasure talking about books with you and in this episode and this show. So as you know February 4th uh, there was yesterday it was it was marked as World Cancer Day. If you just rewind the time and if you see there were a lot of celebrities who had come out they're talking about their experiences with uh, cancer and of course this particular disease right has been is seen as you know something dreadful uh, yeah. something which Uh, evidently takes away your personality your life and more scaringly is you know the the radiation therapy and you know the balding and uh, you know the your thinning of yeah. the body yeah and uh, have you read any books regarding this sir yes uh, i should tell you that uh, you know the one book that stands out you know of course i've read the uh you know a fictional book uh the young adult the famous young adult book the fault in our stars by uh john green which deals with mortality and and cancer among juveniles and uh it is basically a, a very poignant story see the the best thing about cancer books you know i mean i think we should find a better name for it because cancer book kind of sound a little scary it might mm. scare away a few readers uh, you know who might probably uh, are not uh, you know suitable uh, in terms of uh, you know may not find these books very palatable but i should i should tell you that these are the books that give you the most in-depth understanding of human emotions after all True. what else can be a greater challenge than uh, you know the fact that a person's life is going to be cut short and uh, the science tells him that he's going to die and uh, there's something in him you can call it the spiritual side the the, the kind of the, the side that uh, that always hangs on to anything that life offers anything positive that life offers that side of him tells him that you know uh, he's going to see through these years and probably going to survive you know there is a battle between life and death and although that struggle is there in everybody's life uh the disease has hastened it in the case of this uh, individual uh, you know whoever is the protagonist that we're talking about and that changes a lot of things in their lives you know you you must have heard the famous speech by uh, steve jobs you know the the commencement lecture that he mm-hmm. gave uh, at stanford in 2005 where he tells three stories and the third story was about his cancer his pancreatic cancer and uh, it's it's essentially like you know he has to sort of uh, uh, you know tidy up his affairs and tell his dear ones that uh, it's time to say goodbye and he was going to leave and stuff like that you know that kind of strikes fear uncertainty and if you are an optimistic person a sense of hope that's exactly what you find here in uh, paul kalanidhi's book uh, when breath becomes air he talks about you know his fascination for science and philosophy you know as as a, as a child who was growing up uh, you know in in a, in a family of immigrants both his uh, parents are from south india incidentally and his mom happens to be a hindu and uh, father a christian um 
but paul and his older brother they grew up in a in a in, a, in an entirely american uh, life i mean american uh, environment and they uh, he goes to uh, you know stanford and he goes to uh, college and then he has the problem you know what what is he going to do and then he had been introduced to books quite early on in his life so he it gives him the the intellectual uh, you know sort of uh, capability to think about life and its meaning and then somewhere that quest converges uh, with neurology and that's uh, that's what he ends up becoming he becomes uh, uh, you know a sort of a resident neurologist uh, in uh, the stanford university at the prime of his life 36 years of age there lands a uh, a bunch of scans that he's uh, kind of uh, investigating and usually he says that he would have written that you know this is like a too big a growth or a too difficult a case and then he would have moved on in his normal capacity as a doctor but what happens here is that he's staring at his own scan it's about him that he's looking at and then oh god you know the whole thing changes from there you know he talks about you know how uh, you know he's not a doctor anymore because you know he knows that the doctors are not supposed to tell you the facts you know you got you got a certain you know drug can sort of give you a certain number of days to live you know you can't quantify any of that the doctors know that they always bury the facts in um, you know generalities and then you know try to sound hopeful i mean he has done it himself and then here he was sitting with his doctor and then that doctor is giving him you know <laughs> the kind of treatment that he himself had given it to his patients you know so so he knows that he knows what's happening what is so touching about this book is that uh, you know it is not you know in in the depths of your desperation is where you find hope and then uh, you know of course uh, you know he was uh, he wanted to tell his wife that you know you got to remarry and then uh, you know uh, he's coming to terms with the pain the the various ailments that is you know uh, uh, that's coming out uh, you know he's feeling as a result of his cancer and then you know there's a drug that kind of gives him back a bit of his strength now he starts to think that okay i'm go i'm going to have some more time to live if it's more than a year or two probably i'm going to write my book uh if it's going to be some months maybe you know there are only a few things i can do if i'm going to live longer i'm going to get back into practicing medicine you know that's something that he loved doing so you know the way he responds to you know some semblance of returning to normal health was spectacular you know and the hope that you always search for hope you know it's like uh, you know you're done but you're not done yet there's a nice quote that he gives of samuel beckett you know i know i can't but then i can <laughs> so he says that nice. he kind of turned it into a mantra you know uh, he gets up early in the morning and finds his wife and and he talks about waking up as you know coming back from death and then you know he finds his wife next to him and then first he says you know oh god i 
can't. And then he says, but then I can. So there is a sense of hope and it's not far off, you know, it's not wearing off from the scientific reality. Uh, you know, it's like, if this drug is going to give me two years to survive, who knows what's going to come two years down the line. There may be another, you know, medical procedure or a possibility that will extend my mm -hmm. life even further. I mean, you can't rule it out entirely. So that's what this book talks about. Or tragically, you know, it is a, it is a fight between life and death. And, uh, you know, Paul has the satisfaction of holding his baby in his arm, uh, you know, just born baby. And then, you know, somewhere he knows that he was going to go. And uh, he didn't complete the book, by the way. The last uh, portion of the book is completed by his wife. This is very tragic. But you don't, you don't think about it that way. You know, when you read the book, the funniest thing is, you know, we say, okay, shucks, it's cancer, you know. How am I going to read this book? This is going to be too taxing on me. It's going to be emotionally very heavy. Not at all. You know, when you read that, what shines through the whole book is hope and the beauty of life. You kind of, maybe as people, it may sound like a, like a cliche, but you, we have seen this all in the, the Bollywood flicks, you know, where, uh, you know, the, the hero, you know, who's discovering that he's got cancer, suddenly gets up from his bed and says, you know, hey, life is too short, who cares? And then, you know, he turns on the brighter side. I wouldn't say that uh, Paul Kalanithi is that wild, but I wouldn't say that he's pessimistic as well. You know, he's, he's fighting the whole thing with a lot of positivity and hope. And then he gives, on the way, he gives us a lot of lesson as to how, you know, certain tragedies can either break the families or, you know, bring them together and how you know you take it's not about taking one step at a time it's about balancing hope with reality and of course staying true to the medicine and 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 uh, you know the medical advice so it's all that put together it's a it's a very small book it doesn't take more than maybe six hours or so uh but it's a, it's a book that you wouldn't like to miss. Paul Kalanadi has written, I'm, I'm sure he's written it beautifully. So another thing, another book that I was going through is uh, Close to the Bone by Lisa Ray. So oh. uh, Lisa, you know, yeah, she is uh, these, uh, this top model and, uh, you know, an actor. And, you know, uh, yes. she, she was the... Uh, if you remember that famous 90s song uh, Afreen Afreen she was the she was the Afreen girl in that song yeah and, yes and and uh, this particular book right close to the bone you know like uh, and when you read it, uh, it it says that she had de developed this uh, uh, cancer of the plasma cells in her bone marrow so and uh, you know the title says close to the bone and she has written it uh, book it's like an autobiography uh, about how she grew up her uh, you know uh, her uh, tradition her uh, you know in the inheritance of both indian and polish uh, traditions in a in a land yeah. in canada it's it's a fantastic book about how uh, this lady you know goes uh, to become one of these top models and it's it's fantastic and apart from uh, these books right these these books sort of 
you know take you in a show you a glimpse of you know what has happened to these people you know like who yeah. are at the prime of the career and you know they've been bogged down by you know a disease called cancer yes and yes another book if you can remember is uh, yuvraj singh's uh, te- if i'm not wrong the rightless test of my life, life. yuvraj singh yes. book Uh, yeah yes so yes the funny yeah. part is you know people who talk about their cancer they talk about you know there's no treatment you know it's not as if you know there's mm-hmm. a treatment available and uh, it's too far uh, uh, off for them to reach it's nothing like that they can access even the best treatment in the world but if the cancer advances to a certain level then it's it it can spread it, the, the the scariest thing is no that it can spread no amount of can help you right it won't help it won't help and uh, in the same regard i should also mention uh, of course he has been disgraced but even then you know i found uh, you know uh, it's not about the bike but my journey back to life by lance armstrong lance armstrong is the mm-hmm. cyclist mm-hmm. who won uh, the most difficult uh, cycling Tour race France, on earth yeah. Tour de France yeah. seven times from 1999 to 2006 mm-hmm. uh, of course uh, later uh, it was proven that he had taken drugs and uh, you know he has taken uh, very sophisticated drugs that can sort of escape the drug test the dope tests and uh, he finally admitted it after a long time that's the disgraced part of him but even then what you can't take away from him is the fact that he had testicular cancer and uh, it was almost spreading to his brains and then he survived mm-hmm. that to compete on one of the most grueling you know cycling uh, uh, or sporting events on earth so that is the beauty of uh, lance armstrong's story and all of these story that's what what sparkles is the fact that there's always you know there's a positive side to life you know even in a in a case of uh, the most tragic uh, of memoirs concerning uh, cancer you read the the positive side and the other side of survival is also the fact that people have gone on to do some spectacular things you know they have proven their metal they they have proven their resilience and what i come to understand from all this you know is yeah, is you know that's true uh, you got to fight the disease with equanimity yeah no doubt that the disease is really really uh severe it it it, it can uh, kill a person but you know there's always a possibility that you would be a role model for someone else if you if you survive it like yuvraj singh for example so Mm-hmm. that's what we get from these books and why we read these books is not because uh, you know you want to have a it's it's a uh, it's a sasbahu uh, uh, you know sob story that you come across in the soap operas uh, in the television soap mm-hmm. operas it's nothing like that it's it's yeah. anything but sob stories these are these are the stories mm-hmm. that really show at what extent human beings can go to be mm-hmm. positive and show resilience in the face of adversity and inspire Isn't all inspiring? of us you know especially absolutely they they are very inspiring stories you're right you know if you critically analyze these books right don't you think they are written in a in a more a memoir sort of a fashion like it's yeah they are memoirs they have to be see uh amadi you and i are in the business of telling stories you know 
maybe they are real life stories uh, which we kind of put it in the form of a report and publish it but what always creates a spark in a human being is the fact mm-hmm. that you know it is a real story and a story that's told with all vivid details and uh, you know personalized see for example if you want to you know the history you know that the the nazis uh, have uh, Uh, sent about a six million Jews into the death chamber, but you know when you have a memoir that stands out, you understand mm-hmm. the personal, the the extent of the tragedy, the gravity yeah. of uh, you know the situation, and how you know human beings learn to deal with situations. And you and I are not you know fortunately, I should say fortunately. Uh, you know mm-hmm. not in it you know uh, why do we read books you know that that's a question that sometimes i keep asking myself you know it's because you know god has given us just one life and we just live through it and uh, experience what whatever comes our way but books give us a dimension to life which you and i probably are not exposed to that's the beauty of book reading in that aspect if you want to look at it from that aspect i guess you know uh mm-hmm. the cancer books being memoirs are you know fair game i would say so what do you think i mean yeah. i'd like to listen yeah. to you your point of view no uh, no what i meant is okay, memoirs are fine like you know that's i don't have any issues with them now what i'm trying to say is that you know uh, is there a book which would explain like you know uh, very graphically the treatments that goes about and a more of a scientific sort of i think it comes you know, what what one book it. comes closer to it i can tell you that mm-hmm. which is uh, the, the emperor of maladies you know okay, uh, okay. the emperor of maladies uh, is is one book uh, of course i um, you know i i don't know I, i have a very mixed feeling about this book because um what does it talk about you know i've i've not read much of the reviews of this book um of course whatever little i could see people are very very uh, you know they they are very they are very positive about this book but you don't know i mean i i'm not really sure if uh, i'd like to read the history of the of the disease or the the memoir of the disease itself i don't know if that's what it is well then i kind of have some mixed feelings about it so but that's the book for you in case you're looking at uh, you know an understanding of the mm. disease that's what you're talking about yes sir so and i, I think this uh, uh, i think the discussion would go on for long about you know the these sort of books that deal with an issue like cancer and you know there's yeah. a lot of medical literature out there there are a lot of memoirs out there and yeah. and uh, in a way it is uh, it is sad that even though we have come to like 2021 and we still have to uh, you know see such Uh, terrible diseases and pandemic has just uh, you know you know it's in its uh, fag end and if i can yes. say that and you know but the whole fact is that you know me- uh, any medical illness right irrespective of whatever it is it does bring yes. in a sense of poignancy but yes. for those who fight it you know truly fight it and then come out i think they are like true role models i believe absolutely i mean you uh, you you can't be any writer than this because you know uh, end of the day you know what are we looking at as human beings you know from from the, our uh, you know neanderthal days i would say that uh, you know uh, 
we are looking at surviving hostile environments you know uh, getting better you know in terms of uh, you know pushing the envelope in terms of uh, understanding life nature reality uh, our own lives that's how we are able to come uh, this far into uh, science and intellectual pursuits and adversities on the way uh, most of it is of course imposed by human beings themselves such as war um, they have taught us how you know uh, in people handle them how how people when they are pushed to their their absolute you know brink uh, handle uh, life uh, as it is so so there's a lesson for all of us you know not to give up life there's a lesson in that that you know it's not a bad thing to hope and uh, all that uh, you know you see is a silver lining and silver lining is all you need to you know bounce back to life so that's what uh, you know this cancer memoirs can teach and we need that hope we need that positivity uh, just as you mentioned we're just getting out of a bad uh, pandemic situation and we need the positivity in order to survive uh the the economic impact of it and the, the social uh, uh uh you know stagnation that has happened in the last year or uh, or so um yeah i think these books are these books will help us handle our realities much better that that's a very nice way to to put it sir so and moving ahead like what is there for your tbr then now well <laughs> i'm setting off on a on a on a journey across the universe i mean in a in a very literal sense i can say uh because i'm just getting back into science fiction okay and science fiction uh, you know ama this is one thing uh, that gives you as as we were discussing you know it gives a different dimension of reality you know whatever we are talking about generally is terrestrial but science fiction offers you a celestial view of life you know mm-hmm. um, especially you know uh, i i would like to go back to the basics of course it's it's come a long long way from uh, the days of hc uh, wells and uh, you know people who followed him like isaac asimov and uh, arthur c clark and and today you know uh, it has taken different dimensions uh, you know there's a lot of uh, you know mixture of uh, uh, fantasy science fiction and uh, you know we have we have science itself has, has has kind of moved on from the 60s and 70s into a, into a very very different dimension and a different world today so so what we have today is something very different but even then you know if somebody wants to get some kind of an initiation into science fiction it's always good to get back into those days because you know uh first of all you know there's a lot of imagination into it you should understand that most of these books have come at a time when uh, most of the scientific aspects mentioned in these books were not even close to becoming a reality okay uh, whether it is uh, uh, you know isaac asimov's book uh, uh, the bicentennial man it's a very small book you know it's about 60 odd pages yeah. by the way it came as a yeah. movie in which uh, robin williams acted I, i hope you remember the movie yeah. uh, Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm not aware of the movie. I'm going to go check it out today. <laughs> there's a, there's a movie uh, uh, out of this book, but Asimov has given you the the basics of the robots and uh, I mean he has he has he has made a good job of humanizing robots. Uh 
which is which is sort of lives on for a long time but it can't be forever maybe it is going to survive forever mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. it's going to survive in a very much hostile human environment where uh, he sets out certain rules for them you know they can't be uh, disobeying human command that that's a kind of a robotic uh, uh, world or ecology that he has created in the in, in this book and uh, you know so how how does this particular robot survives from a servant uh, of a of a family and then he it goes on to become uh, a role model among robots you know talk of role models so it's a fantastic book you know uh, it gives uh, the length and breadth of it you kind of wonder how the hell this guy even imagined such a thing you know it is like amazing you know in terms of pure imagination these are pure imagination you know purely imaginative works and uh, another book that i uh, i'm going to un uh, kind of uh, remove from my shelf uh, you know in, in so to say is uh, 2001 uh, a space odyssey and of course you you, you must have seen okay. the stanley kubrick movie basically you know there's a forward in this book at least if people are not reading the book they should just read this this is fascinating read simply because you know he has written this a, a, a part of this forward uh, he writes in 1999-2000 because uh, obviously mm-hmm. the book is 2001 a space odyssey so what else you expect okay. on the brink of the millennium the author looks at a work that he he's written about 35 years ago in 1965 oh, you know so uh-huh. he he looks at the work uh, you know and then he reflects on it basically and then it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a it's a nice bit of work because he talks about the circumstances in which uh, you know he and stanley came together and started to to work on it basically they started to work on a script for a movie and then it became a sort of a parallel work into a fiction and uh, the only brief that he had from stanley is that you know this book has to be an examination of the humanity okay looked at from from the universe you know what's what's humanity you know when viewed from from so from, from the whole down, universe uh, like a bird's eye view if i can say alien's eye view yes yes it is it is it is to say that you know where do we stand you know see most of the most of the the uh, the thought the philosophy of the thought about science fiction in those days is about you know whether life existed outside of the earth you should understand that you know that was basically mm-hmm. the thrust the uh, the motivation yeah. for for these guys to sort of examine the the outer space you know yeah and uh, you know so it's still a thing today also like you you every i think space um, uh, mission or uh, you know like the new surrounding it or the bus surrounding is it will we find water there on another planet will we find a sign of life? life yeah yeah so it's it's just basically about you know uh, that that's the thrust so uh, okay the, the, he suggests a story you know it's very funny it's a, it's it's not a serious stuff you know when you think of science you know you immediately kind of uh, go into your textbook uh, 
you know that what comes to your mind flashes in your mental eye is basically the yeah. textbook i mean this this uh, is very indian <laughs> thing i tell you anything but i tell you uh but this is very funny because uh, stanley suggests a book uh, i mean suggests a story or maybe a book i don't know one of that and then he say, he tells uh, arthur that you know arthur we have to make this into a movie you know you can you work on this and then arthur mind you all his life he has he has been a science fiction uh you know author and then he looks at the whole thing he sneers and says gosh i don't want to touch anyone else's book you know i want to do something on my own and that's how they started to work on a completely new concept um i think it's partially based on one of the stories that uh, arthur c clark published in 1948 um i think it's for a bbc competition um you know called the sentinel uh it's about wow. uh you know a space mission that sort of gets into exploring the space uh, uh far away from the earth or something to that effect you know and uh i should tell you that uh, i'm very fascinated to read this book because i uh, before this book i've read uh, only one book of arthur c clarke's that is uh, you know rendezvous with rama rendezvous with rama has a similar sort of an imagination uh, similar sort of a milieu uh, where uh, you know imagine that the whole of the uh, the galaxy has been occupied by human beings right from mercury till neptune <laughs> and then uh, you oh, know God. you you have something called uh, united planets instead of united nations <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the same kind of stupid debates just go on <laughs> between uh, the occupants of the different planets and then you know uh they de- debate about uh, a certain object that is sort of uh, intruded into the the galaxy from from the outer space and then uh, they want to find out what this object is all about and you know this just goes on like that i don't want to give too many spoilers but rendezvous with rama was such a wonderful book and today it's it's even more relevant because uh, uh you know the premise of the book i think he talks about it in the beginning of the book where uh, you know the asteroids you remember we keep publishing stories about the asteroids coming close to the earth and uh, yeah. how close yeah, are they yeah. sort of uh, crashing into the earth and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and will be extinct like dinosaurs <laughs> yeah will <laughs> like... be extinct extinct uh, go extinct like the dinosaurs yeah exactly those are the so th- that was the premise to the whole book and it's it it was like a fascinating read because imagine you know uh human beings living uh, in mercury for example or yeah. you know whoa, whoa. <laughs> so that that's that's the breathtaking uh extent of the imagination a few things that i should tell you about uh, this particular forward uh, because uh, you know you you may think that okay science fiction is all you know uh okay what what's a big deal about you know imagining things that probably doesn't exist there's uh, th- there are two examples that he gives here so here he talks about uh, the apollo 13 you know that sort of goes around the the moon mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and then um, yeah. you know the crew has the temptation to report to the earth that they found a mysterious slab of monolith on the moon because that i think apparently that's something that comes in the story this book you know this 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 some kind of a monolith that that sort of predicts human beings mm. you know the, the end of humanity or something like that um okay imagine they had the temptation to 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 <laughs> to do a kind Report. of a play a practical joke 
by 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 <laughs> kind of sending a message like that to the earth and uh, you know somewhere he mentions that you know uh, there's this super bowl you know the super bowl that happens in the us uh, you know the I think that's that's the football final that they have. So it's a it's a grand finale. It's like an IPL final for them there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a festival there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the you know so, uh, so there's the voice that comes in and says uh, you know uh, a line that uh, that he mentions here. You know, but the moment the line is mentioned, hundred million people exactly understand where it has been taken from and who said it. You know, there's a machine called HAL. Okay. it's not a indusan aeronautical limited or a lot of people that's the first that came to my mind no, that's a, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a speculation uh, you know a, a speculation uh-huh. that was going around was that uh, it is just another the next letter that they have taken uh, after ibm uh-huh. so if you take oh. h uh, it's before i and a before b, b and, and uh, uh, m l before m so Yeah, that was speculation yeah. but uh, but he says arthur c clark says in this particular uh, forward that it's not that it's something else so i i i can't wait to read about it and uh, the next thing is you know uh, there is a, an explosion of oxygen tank that happens in, in the apollo mission and uh, i think they they use the line you know sorry to interrupt the, the festival you know there's an emergency here that's a line that exactly taken from his book which kind of oh okay uh, you know the astronauts relay to to the earth you know houston there's an emergency <laughs> and uh, okay so this is not uh, all you know in 1984 nasa launches a, a satellite to 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 the uh, to, to to the outer sky and uh, you know it goes way off the orbit because the rocket did not launch it properly and then you know there's this astronaut who goes into the space and then you know he uh, he goes out of you know the what's called the eva you know so which is which is basically like you get mm-hmm. out of the uh, 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 you know uh, your vessel and then he kind of brings both the satellites spinning out of the orbit and brings it back to the earth and then he writes a book about it the first page he says dear arthur arthur c clark dear arthur after reading you i've got i mean you you fired up the my imagination for the word and science and you never told me both are very difficult so uh, that's a, that's a mention from from uh, so what he speculated in a book okay the entire maneuver that i mentioned where uh, this guy gets out of his uh, his uh, his vehicle and then you know his his uh, spaceship and then he goes out into bring back the two uh, misfired satellites and bring them back to the earth that's something that actually uh, clark writes in one of his fictional work Uh, about twenty audio. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, another thing is, uh, you know, uh, in two thousand one itself, I think that's what he talks about. Stanley and him, there's a discussion going on, and how do you how do you propel the 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 the, the spaceship or the the spacecraft out into the sky? You know, out 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 into the space. You know, out of the uh, away from the from from the from the galaxy because the conventional fuel is going to run out after some time, right? so 
Mm-hmm. He writes that uh, you know the spaceship uses the Jupiter's uh, uh, you know pull, the Jupiter's gravity as a kind of a thrust to go away. And you know what? This is mm, exactly what we used eleven years later in a in a real mission. So it's basically you know uh, science. You can say art imitating life or life imitating art. In this case, I think science imitating mm. science fiction, where the science fiction takes the imagination farther and farther out there, and the science yeah. actually follows it. But but sir, if you look at see now we have the convention that okay if you are a man of science or if you are a scientist you you know you have to have that sort of a very calculative you know approach a very uh, inquisitive approach. But then if you uh, look at all the earlier scientists right from uh, you name from Aristotle to Newton yeah. to you know, any all these guys have been philosophers, right? Exactly, exactly. So. Uh, there, there's. Uh, I think you may have read this uh, about, uh, uh, you know, was it Copernicus, uh, where he sort of mm. tracks the the planetary positions. Yes. Yes. Each night, and then he draws or makes a note of it, and then uh, you know, uh, in three sixty five days, mm-hmm. after which, he comes to the conclusion that you know, the planets are circling. In an elliptical orbit, so I think imagination comes first. It, yeah, imagination has true. always come first before the facts mm-hmm. that followed into the imagination. So that's what you get. And uh, of course, I should also tell you that there is another fantastic uh, trilogy of books called the Foundation Trilogy by Isaac Asimov. Uh, these are the classics. Oh, these, are, yeah. these are absolute classics. So. So I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a on a on a sort of a, a, a an interstellar journey with all these books, and uh, <laughs> I'll be very happy to uh, report to you every now and then about my progress and also uh, the kind of facts that I discover on the way. Wow, that's I am excited for you. Like I I am pretty much see the the thing about interstellar journeys or space odysseys is that you know you you don't know what to expect, right? It, exactly. That's that's the thrill of reading these. Books. What do you see out there? I mean, we are we are so uh, kind of uh, may I use the word stunted? We are so stunted in our imagination. But you know, Clark, uh, mm-hmm. or for that matter, even Asimov, or uh, or any of these guys, you know, they just mm-hmm. they just allow their imagination to go berserk, and then yeah. you know, what you get out of it is absolute fantastic uh, work. Uh, that kind of stirs you, and also, mm-hmm. you know, if you're uh, if you have kids at home, if you if you're uh, 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 people who are who are, who are minds who whose minds are fresh, you find them, you know, getting a spark from these books, and probably uh, thousands of people have gone into science reading these books. True, true, exactly. I'm pretty much sure about that. So what about you? What is your TBR for the next week? Oh, my TBR. Uh, I was uh, thinking uh, quite a lot about that. You know, what should I read? What should you know I read? So, um, I think what I'll do is in a few more days. Uh, I think I'll uh, let destiny decide it for me. So I'll <laughs> go to the library. Yeah. I'll run through my uh, you know like. So you're, you're going to sniff up. You're going to do a little uh, tasting. 
of yeah uh, yes what so you i'll i'll up? see where my hand stops i'll pick yeah. that book and i'll start reading i think i'll do that because uh, you know at some type some point of time right you know, when you have like okay i have to read a particular book or you know uh, or if you have like idea in your mind or you just at times you just become blank you know like yeah. i don't know i need to read but i don't know what i need to read okay there is a there is a name for this just, malady in case you are yeah. interested <laughs> oh please this please, is called please. the reading slump <laughs> ah <laughs> yeah uh, don't uh, don't worry because uh, i think uh, at one point or some point uh, even i was there and uh, the best way to get out of it is uh, to get a quick read to get something that sort of which you could breeze through and mm-hmm. uh, you know i think i think the the most uh, the best way to do is probably to Im- examine what lies at the core of your interest and then uh, i told you mine is always romance and uh, i should also tell you that you know lately i'm discovering science fiction this is another way of getting out of your slump because you know it's pure imagination which is sort of yeah real bliss sometimes so you should find out what is what is at the core what, of your what like what lights the spark in me exactly so uh, i'm sure you you will find uh, the best book for you maybe uh i see a lot of uh, you know uh philosopher in you maybe not i wouldn't say philosopher maybe you're you're inclined more towards uh reflective fiction or reflective mm-hmm. books uh, that's where i think your destiny might take you i don't know i'm just making a little prediction <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> so i think uh next week it'll be a surprise for you let's see what i keep my hands through that absolutely and i think probably our listeners should tell you uh their suggestions probably they should drop by yeah. uh, drop yeah, in this yeah yeah please uh, i think i uh, to all our listeners who are uh, you know hearing this podcast please do help me with my reading slump you know, yeah. give me suggestions give me those uh, perfect little cupcakes of books so that i can you know yeah, uh, get so, charged and get my sugars running <laughs> in terms of his books probably he's uh, is at the uh, exactly at the wit's end maybe a few pages to go after the nothingness uh, that he might experience so save mm-hmm. him from that and put him back into the path of the words <laughs> yes yes please please do that all right sir it was fantastic talking to you today i think uh, it was great and nice sir, and, talking uh, to you too Ahmed, and and uh, like a small word of gratitude i should say thank you because i think uh, when you discuss books with me when you discuss so many ideas with me it, it sort of enriches me in somehow in one way or the another thank, thank you thank you i i'm glad that it's uh, it's good and uh, yeah i think books are meant to be engaging and i think book readers should also kind of exchange ideas and uh, you know engage themselves in uh, ideas mm-hmm. that way i think uh, i find a very very uh, you know wonderful partner in you in terms of discussions and uh, i look forward to discussing more with you next week and uh, good yes. reading happy reading for you you too you too wish you the same yeah. thank you bye 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 that's all in today's episode 
Tune in this evening on our news update podcast from the newsroom to catch all the exciting developments of the day and to get the news while it's still budding. For latest news and updates, log on to www.deckenherald.com. Check out our e-paper at www.deckenheraldepaper.com. To read news on the go, sign up to our Telegram channel t.me/deckenheraldnews. Keep up with the news from your interested sphere by downloading the all-new Deckenherald app, in which you can personalize, have quick glance at news shots, check highlights, and even listen. too you can get it from google play store and apple app store and you can find the links to the same in the description